I guess that there was a big group of um, teenagers who thought John was at the hospital and that they, um, they were at the hospital trying to get in to see him. And I had to um, tell those parents that no, John was not at the hospital. He was, he was gone. And so they came to our house and they stayed. And we all cried together. We all talked. And then the next day, we began the hardest task of our life. We had to plan a funeral for our son. Thank you so much for being here. I know that whenever I got your text about the location of the podcast, my heart sank a little bit. And so I apologize in advance. I hope that that wasn't like jarring, you know, but I know that you guys being here and sharing your story and your son's story is going to be so impactful for parents who have had to suffer what you've suffered. And so I just, I apologize and thank you for that. And I wanted to start with that. Um, I named the podcast the day before it happened because I won't, I love getting to go back with you guys and walk in the footsteps of how life was before. So will you take us to the day before it happened? Yes. The day before it happened started like any other normal day in the life of five family members. Um, John woke me up at the normal 4.30, 4.45, saying, oh chop, chop, it's time to go run, because I would take him to cross-country practice, and he liked to be there at around 5, 5.15-ish. It didn't mean I was going to go run with them. Mm-hmm. I would sit there and supervise them running. That was not my thing to do that early in the morning. From um, there, I would go to work. I was the campus secretary at General Franks Elementary. We were getting ready to open the school, so it was a lot of cleaning and doing things like that at that time. Um, Jean was at work. Our oldest son, Justin, he was working at Chick-fil-A, so he would go to work at Chick-fil-A. John would... um, leave track practice, and he'd get cleaned up. And he would go work with um, John James. At that time, they were doing um, their water park event over in Odessa by the mall. And Josh was just at home hanging out, playing video games, supposedly cleaning the house. That was our day before. Yeah. So... Tell me about, tell me a little bit more about all of your kids. What are they involved in? What are they? Um, Justin, he's the oldest. He um, ran cross country and track. He's still a runner to this day. He weighs the same that he weighed as a freshman in high school. He runs marathons now for fun, I guess. I don't know why anybody else would go out and do that. He played um, lacrosse as well. John was the middle son. He played lacrosse and tennis. He ran cross country and track. Uh, Josh, he's the baby. 
he just graduated last year. He's um, going to DBU right now, and he's um, doing business marketing and playing lacrosse. Very cool. Yeah. I guess I should say Justin teaches. He uh, does PE over at South Elementary, pre-K through sixth grade. Yeah. While he's finishing his master's in business. Serving our babies. Mm -hmm. I love that. He is. Yes. So normal day, everybody's Mm -hmm. running around doing all of their things. Tell me about the next day. The next day, we all um, get up as normal. We go about our day. I am... Drive over to Odessa to pick John up from work, and we come back and we um, make a stop at Academy to um, buy some, um, oh, their BBs for their airsoft guns. And one of my friends calls, and she says she's sick. Or one of her kids is sick, so she's been at home all day. So we um, ran by um, Bish's Chicken because that was her son's favorite. And we got them um, dinner for the evening. So that was um, John's last um, random act of kindness. And he loved to... um, Seeing and play air drums, even though he was really bad at it, <laughs> the singing. So um, one of my um, last little concerts in the car with him was um, Kaffa was playing um, Till I See You Again. And that's um, the last song we sang together. And... I don't know what instrument he was playing like he was playing, but it was like flailing all over the car, basically. People probably thought he was having some kind of fit as we were exiting the loop. Um, He went out with friends that evening, and um, Justin was um, leaving work, and he was supposed to be meeting John and the rest of the friends at... um, I hopped that evening for dinner and he sent me a message and he said, mom, I think something's wrong because John's not answering his phone. And I saw something on social media. So I texted John and he didn't answer. So I called and he didn't answer. So, um, about 20 minutes after that, we, um, get a knock on our door. And it's uh, two Midland police officers and a um, officer from uh, Midland ISD because he um, we're friends, and he um, identified John for us, and that was our day of. I'm so sorry. That's okay. So. <clears throat> You guys are in the car together. Uh-huh. And then you dropped him off with friends. His friends came to the house and picked him up. They came and got mm-hmm. him. And then you get this knock on your door. Yes. Where was he? What? Um, 
it's kind of ironic. The studio we're filming in right now is right across the street from the building he died in. Um, there was a um, vacant building that stood on the corner of Texas Street here. And evidently, kids had been going into this building for years and playing. They um, enacted some kind of scary movie in there for a number of years. The um, night before John died in that building, there was a group of um, 20 to 30 teenagers in there skateboarding. And John and his friends were in there um playing like cops and robbers or or some capture the flag capture the flag yeah and he fell did you get to talk to any of his friends or yes what was their what did they share um One of them was on the same floor with John when he died, and he said that he was looking towards the area where John should have been, and there was just this sudden burst of light where he should have been. Um, The other boys, they were already down on the uh, first floor. They were outside, and um, Michael made it down to um, John, He would not let the other boys come in because he didn't want them to see that. And he tried very hard to revive John and to save him. I'm glad that he was there with him. Mm -hmm. So what do you do, right? So you get this call and they show up at your house. Yeah. Now what? Um, oh boy, that was, it was very rough, um, because there was other kids involved. We had, um, I was shown pictures of them, you know, and I had to identify them as well, even though they weren't injured. Then, um, one of the officers called, um, Dustin Pierce because he was, um, John's youth minister. Uh, Dustin came to the house because at that point in time we had um, some parents showing up with their kids because, you know, this day and age, it hit social media. And I guess that there was a big group of um, teenagers who thought John was at the hospital and that they, um, they were at the hospital trying to get in to see him. And I had to... Um, Tell those parents that no, John was not at the hospital. He was, he was gone, and so they came to our house and they stayed, and we all cried together. We all talked, and then the next day, we began the hardest task of our life. We had to plan a funeral for our son. And um, I think writing his obituary was probably one of the hardest things we've ever had to do and plan his service. 
pick out a casket and um, still try to be parents to our two kids that are still left in the house who are devastated because their best friend, their um, protector, is just gone. When you look back now, mm-hmm. do you even like do you remember that time frame of planning the funeral and all of that, or did it just feel like you were existing? Um, it it was both. Um, we sit around our um, dining room table. It was Jean and I and my parents and Jean's parents and Dustin, and we we planned the funeral and. Um, we didn't want the traditional funeral because John's faith, it was just amazing to see it in action and how he led and how he talked and he was not afraid to share his God at all. And we wanted that to be the main message of his funeral. We didn't want just somebody getting up and preaching and talking about death and anything like that. So we um, had all of his friends, whoever wanted to speak, got up and they talked about John and their memories with him and how um, he impacted their lives and made a difference in them and how he led them, some of them, to God. That's and how they would always have that. I love that. And that's what we wanted people to hear, you know, that we're, we're at a funeral, but there's still hope out yeah. there. Yeah. Even when it's yeah, that's awful. A, that's there, a huge there's hope. part of why I wanted to do this podcast. And, yeah. and we talk about the hardest things. Mm-hmm. But we also talk about the healing and the redemption and the joy and the peace and all of those things, they come back, you know, but maybe not right at first. How was, how was the grief for you guys? Was there, you know, they talk about there's like an anger Mm -hmm. portion of the grief cycle. Did you guys experience that? I think to a point we still are. Sure. Uh, you know, they have the cycle that they say you got to go through each one of these steps, and it's not right. It's just one day you're here, the next day you're there, and it's it's, it's never a cycle. It's just where you're at that week or day or moment. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's definitely triggers. I feel like, yes. and yeah, um, I know that I I deal with a lot of those when you know I I lost the love of my life in a motorcycle accident, and I was nine weeks pregnant with our daughter, and so. Sometimes just seeing her and like being in her presence is a reminder of yeah. of what happened, and so I totally get it. It'll, it catches you off guard sometimes, yes. honestly. Um, one of the things that I absolutely love about y'all's story is this: like your marriage that that both of you guys are sitting here, and you're obviously extremely supportive. Talk to me about the marriage and you know was there a strain how did you guys grieve how did you grieve independently and together um that that night um i don't even think it was that night it could have been the next morning whatever it was it was 
finally just Gene and I alone. Um, we'd got into our room, and I just remember him saying, I don't want this to break us. I don't want this to tear us apart. He said, I I can't handle it if it broke us or it tore, tore us apart. I love that. I did too, and I, and I just, we're just holding each other. And I said, it's not going to. We'll make it through this somehow. Yeah. Because at that point, you don't know the how, just yeah. that it's possible. Sure. And you've lost enough. That's yeah. not an option. Mm-mm. We can't lose no. each other, too. Mm-hmm. Um, how was it for you? What were you feeling in those early moments? What were what What's in your head? Well, when, so I got the door, the knock, and I went to the door, and they told me, <clears throat> and the first thing was like, just empty, not, you know, like no, 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 I didn't have, and uh, and then they, you know, as they started talking, it was, there was, I, I don't think there was anger. I think it was more just just an empty I mean like there was something gone just mm-hmm. in the emptiness and um you know Keith has stayed in the house with the with the everybody that came over we have a little park in the backyard uh right behind our house and I just went out there and spent most of the time there yeah. away it was I don't I don't like being around a lot of people all the time sure. and uh that was my way of just you know seeing how things were and what was going on and and um, how I was going to handle it. Uh, it was it was really weird. It was my birthday week, uh, so it was. It's always going to be right there. He was born on our anniversary, mm-hmm. so. Yeah. yeah, it runs into. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the special thing. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine how hard that is in the beginning. Is it is it celebratory at this point? They you look back and celebrate the time that you had with him and the life that you had with him. Or is I it, think we always have. We, we yeah. never. I don't think we ever stopped. It was stopped. never that. It was. No. Um, there's things that he liked that he was really into that kind of yeah. for a while I didn't want to do. Yeah. Because it was his thing. Yeah. Um, but now it's it's uh we do it, and we, we think of him when we do it. Yeah. Do you feel like everything changed? Was it just that one thing, or do you feel like it crept into every aspect of your life was different from there on? Well, he was such a big part of everything, so, yeah, everything did change. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, he was 16, so he was still at home, Still, was still involved with him and everything, and Justin was just fixing to go to school uh you know josh was starting starting goddard goddard he so he was going to junior grade, high yeah. so you know john was just a big part of everybody's in fact yeah. we found out afterwards that he actually led josh to to christ yeah. about a week or two two before mm-hmm. he passed so, yeah uh, so so you know he he was a big part of everything in there just yeah. to um which all the boys are you know they were all no matter what they're doing, we're part of that. Sure. So let's talk about them a little bit. You're you're grieving. Now your kids are grieving. Mm-hmm. They're both boys. 
Yeah. What, um, were you ever worried about them? Um, Justin, he's, he and John were really close. Um, they, um, had a brother best friend relationship. So I did worry about him, but, um, I knew he would be okay. I worried more about Josh than I did Justin. And um, Justin would go visit John at the cemetery. He'd go out there and talk to him and everything. Um, Josh hasn't been out there since John's funeral. And it took him a year to cry, to actually for that grief to hit him. And we, um, I think it still hits him off and on like it does everybody else. We can tell when it does, when they're both sad or. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, You guys are heavily involved in your church, I assume. Mm -hmm. So was that one of the things that you, that kind of gave you peace that they were still plugged in and then they were getting kind of, I don't know, like, did you ever consider counseling for yourselves or for them? Like, how did you hand? Well, we, we did counseling through Stonegate. We went to okay. uh, uh-huh. Grief Share. And we did yeah. Grief Share, uh, yes. Grief Share is a great program. Mm-hmm. Uh, I agree. Yeah. Um, jo- uh, Josh refused to go to counseling. He, he did not want to go. So... Um, Maybe he had a little counseling and he doesn't know about it because uh, growing up in the school district and me being an employee there, a lot of the counselors would counsel him and him not even realize what was happening. And um, Justin just did not, he didn't ever ask to go to counseling. He did not want to go, but I knew that Josh needed it. So he kind of got it on the sly yeah I love that I mean I honestly I think your faith has a lot to do with why they were so grounded Mm -hmm. and then there's a lot of times where when you don't have the family support system and you don't have the faith support system and something like this happens you're you're a bag in the wind and Mm -hmm. and then you know life life continues to happen and it's just happening to you and it's flipping you all over everywhere just you're suffering on top of suffering on top of suffering. But when you have your faith and you have your family and you have the support system, you're so much more grounded in yes. it. And I, I, um, I talk to people that I coach about that all the time. You know, find your people, find your church, find mm-hmm. the things that ground you. What were, what were your self-care tactics at the time? Like how did you stay mentally and emotionally grounded? besides Jesus, obviously, or if you have a Jesus moment you want to share? So the, the day of the funeral, um, we, I didn't see this. This was Keith's mom telling us this. But uh, after the service at the, at the cemetery, uh, the, the, all the players, all those runners, Got together and, and uh, got us, and we all held hands when we were praying. And a uh, her mom was between 
the uh, tent and in the uh, hearse, hearse, whatever you want to call it, uh, with the director of the cemetery, and a swarm of uh, dragonflies came up over the the back of the tent and swirled around. And when Caden, uh, the young man that was praying, when he said "Amen," they just kind of dis- disappeared. Oh my gosh! So now we're. It's weird when we're somewhere like with a family moment or Keith or I just doing something, a dragonfly will come and just be right there. So that's that's my Jesus moment. I love that. I love that, that you get to see him and all the things and just like randomly pop yes. up. Those those things are s- such huge gifts in our in our grief walk. Mm-hmm. And I love that. For mm-hmm. you guys. What um, what were your self-care things that kept you? I think just taking a moment and being quiet and still and breathing and just um, kind of walking away and taking that time for yourself. Sure. You, you have to do that. Yeah. And even if it's going in the shower and sitting down in the shower floor and crying or something, you know, I think that's taking care of yourself I mentally. Do. Yeah, absolutely. You've, you've got to give yourself that time to do that. Yeah. Do you feel like now that that things are different, that that you're a better person in some way? Did it make you better in any way? <clears throat> I don't. I don't think it made me better. In any way, I think I'm still the same person. I've just uh, experienced something that I wouldn't want anybody else to have to experience. But I know that they do. So I'm able to help them a little bit if they ask questions on on how you get through it and how you keep going. Yeah. You have, you, a, you have a it. brighter, broader perspective mm-hmm. and more empathy for other people in, yes. in that way of, of grief and suffering, for sure. Mm-hmm. I could definitely see that. Was there was there anything just really special that the community did for you during that time that you want to share? Um, I think just the, um, the outpouring of love we had it was just amazing. It was so big. Um, it was um, walking into his funeral and just seeing um, the auditorium of Stonegate full. One side was um, fellow employees and friends. We had so many family members in town. The other side... Um, we actually had first responders just ask if they could have a row reserved. Um, so there was firemen and policemen there that we didn't, we had no idea who they were. They just wanted to come and honor They just your wanted son. to come and honor and um, just be there. It was just so much love that we felt. What is the number one thing that you can say to parents going through what you're going through? What's your advice? 
the the do it or don't do it or do you have one you of can't those? blame there's no blame yeah um we we went back and been talking to people and even some of his friends that he was with um the week or month prior um and we, we started re- rehashing conversations and I think God was telling us it was his time. Um, the song Keith was with that, that day, that morning when I dropped him off at work, he was telling me what his plans were going to be for going forward. Uh, he told another young man just to, out of the blue at my funeral, I just, I just wanted to be a celebration. Wow. Um, and as you start thinking about all the conversations that were had, it was he, God was preparing us, you know, he, it may not have happened that night, but it wasn't going to be long. Sure. We weren't going to have them forever. Yep. Um, God tells us that you're, he knows when you're, you're, what your life is, and this is what it was. As John did what he, his, he was sent here for. And, yeah. and, uh, uh, but, yeah, just be, don't blame. I mean, I can't blame Keitha for anything she did, and, and uh, I can't blame the boys. Uh, yeah. You do question yourself. You know, mm-hmm. was I a good parent? Was, was I a good parent? Did I do this? But uh, just that's good. I, Our, oh, sorry. I think um, your faith. You you're not going to get through it if you don't have faith. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that um, God plays a big role in it. Because it's so hard without your faith and his strength, even though you are going to get mad at God at some point in time. You're going to have that anger. He is um, still there in the background when you're trying to push him away. Mm -hmm. He's still waiting for you. So it's that, that hope of the future because we know we'll see him again. Amen. I don't. Yeah. I don't hurt for them. I I hurt for us. I yes. hurt for the ones that are left behind to suffer. I I remember begging God, like I want to go yeah. too. Mm-hmm. This is this is the place of so. This is the separation. You know, yes. this is not where I want to be anymore. But um, I love I love that. You guys are so in it together. Are y'all doing, do y'all do something in honor of your son that maybe we could talk about? Or um, is there something that we could do for Um, you guys? That um, the May of um, 2017, the boys were joking around. They had been to um, a run in Austin. And at the time they were there, there was a beer run down there. So they came back and they told their coach, we're going to have a beer run. And he said, oh, no, you're not. <laughs> and they said, coach, we really are. And this is the day we're doing it. Be at Memorial and check us out. And they were pranksters. So he thought, oh, my gosh, what have these boys done? They had gone to different businesses and gotten all of this root beer donated. And through social media, they sent out these messages. Hey, we're having a root beer run nice. on this day at Memorial. Be there at such and such time. So they showed up and they had set trash cans out around 
the track and they ran laps and every lap they ran they drank a root beer there were so many kids getting sick oh no and then they crowned first second and third whatever and they had all brought uh, medals from previous races where they had won and they exchanged medals and stuff there was kids from midland i think there may have been a couple from andrews there some from private schools and stuff there, there was a gentleman that was probably 40 yeah 41 something like that, that saw it on up. social media so he, he went he's out a runner, and ran. so he came in so supported them yeah um so that was the that was the very the first, first root beer, beer run. run, and after that, the boys said, "Hey, we want this to continue in John's honor, but what do we do with it?" So we did um, take it, and uh, we created a scholarship fund in his memory, and it is for um, students in Ector County. Uh, Midland, Stanton, and we um, went into Andrews and Greenwood. As we grow, we'll we'll expand more out into the Permian Basin. What we look at when they send in their application, we're not concerned if they're just an athlete or anything like that. We want to see what they're doing in the community. We want to see the individual. We don't, we're not just specific you have to be an athlete or you have to be this or that we want the individual yeah very cool awesome well we'll we'll definitely share that link and hopefully get you guys some donations i would personally love to to give and help in doing that that's such a cool thing to honor come drink some root beer your boy i know (laughs) oh my gosh i don't know that i could run but i could definitely come drink (laughs) some root beer we'll let you walk too yeah (laughs) thanks Uh um is there anything else that you would like to to share anything else that's on your heart do you have anything so the the sunday morning uh, he passed on Saturday night, so Sunday morning, there was a family that showed up at Stonegate, and uh, they were looking for John. They were um, from Odessa, and John had met them at Rock the Desert, and just a conversation they were having, they were telling John. Um, how dissatisfied they were with their church over in Odessa. And he said, well, come go to church with me at Stonegate. I'll meet you in the foyer. So they stood waiting in the foyer for John, and he didn't show up. So somebody came up and said, can we help you? And they said, oh, we're waiting on John Butler. He invited us to church. We're going to go sit with him. So um, that greeter at Stonegate had to tell them, you know, that John was not going to be there. But they went on ahead and they um, went in and sat down. And it's, um, it's kind of strange because they were coming from um, Odessa to go to Stonegate. And Stonegate was opening, you know, their Odessa campus about that time. And there was um, a sibling, a brother and sister, that were baptized um, two before Josh 
was baptized over there because he was baptized there. And afterwards, uh, we're, we're just standing around talking to people. And Jean said, Annie, you need to talk to this lady. She knows your son. And I said, great, because usually, you know, when you hear your son, it, it's something bad. And I'm like, oh, no, which one is it? Right, yes. <laughs> and she said, she told us the story. And she said, I just want to thank you for John and his faith and that he was not afraid to share it because of that. My son and daughter were baptized today, just right before your son was baptized. And we hear that all the time. Yeah. Even now. We get we'll a meet story. somebody and they'll tell us a story where John spoke up and, and uh, talked wow. to him about God. Yeah. Wow. And I, th I think that's a big thing, you know, that sometimes teens are afraid to speak about their faith because they'll be judged and I just want them to know that it's okay to talk about your faith because you never yeah. know who you're impacting. If it's one of your peers, if it's a teacher, if it's another adult that is hearing what what you have to say. Yeah, and how, how old was John when you lost 16. him? 16. 16. Mm -hmm. And look at, he has a legacy Yeah. because of these, mm -hmm. because of his faith. Yeah. What a testament. Like, that's incredible. Yeah. He was a gift. Mm -hmm. Thank you guys so much for sharing him with yeah. us. And You're welcome your and thank you. Thank you for we asking did a great us. Job. <laughs>